Hello and welcome to the 31st episode of Woman Conversations for the Curious, a podcast I created for women looking to squeeze more juice out of life. I'm Amy Crawford, founder of The Holistic Ingredient. I'm a mindset therapist, whole food lover, and more than a little bit passionate about helping you feel comfortable around what it is to be a woman. So last week I had the most enlightening chat with a very special person who in the matter of, I reckon, five minutes managed to bring the right words um, and so much clarity to help me better understand what on earth is going on with our hormones as we navigate the ripe old middle-aged years. Um, (laughs) Dr. Miranda Miles, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, And I'm just so thrilled that you're here to be able to shed some light for many other women feeling the same way. It's an it's an absolute pleasure, and you and I are both in the same boat with our hormones as we speak. Yes, it seems to be the case. Now, mm. I have the pleasure of I've had the pleasure of getting to know Miranda across the year. I'll be a little bit less than I would have liked, given Melbourne lockdown. Um, Miranda is a naturopath, acupuncturist, homeopath, herbalist, and nutritional medicine lecturer. She's also the founder of The Fertile Project, a clinic in Albert Park that I have had the pleasure of working from on occasion (laughs) during the (laughs) lockdown. Miranda, again, thank you so much. Um, I'd love it if you could, if you'd like to share a little bit about your journey and how you come to be specialising in the area of women's health and fertility specifically. It's, uh, it's quite a funny story. When I was studying, I uh, never wanted to deal with women's bits. The hormones were just did my head in. It was like, I have no idea what's going on because it's such a complex, complicated um, kind of hormonal cascade. And I had to work really hard to kind of make it make sense in my own brain. Um, and I think that's partly why I can verbalize it in a way that makes sense to women and so many women sit across across from my desk and just say oh my god it's like you're the first person who's ever heard what I've said and actually understands what's going on for me because so many so many times women are told that it's the hormonal changes are in their head you know here Mm. have an antidepressant and get on with the rest of your life yeah (laughs) and it's just not like that that's right, and that's and, complex. And that's what I am. I'm so hoping. I'm essentially hoping that you can replicate exactly what you said to me <laughs> last week. Because so so for those who weren't in the conversation, which is all of you, um, <laughs> Miranda and I had this really great conversation, and it was around. You know, I'm sure many women listening have had that experience where you've got some results, some hormone blood test results back from the doctor, and the doctor has said. It's all within normal range or totally fine. It is in your head. Yeah. And you walk yeah. away feeling really deflated, really frustrated because you're anxious, um, you feel fatigued, your mood's fluctuating, you've got no get up and go, maybe there's no libido, and you start questioning, well, you know, is it the pandemic, as an example, if we're just referencing mm. it here, is it just mm. because of the enormity of what I'm dealing with? And instead you're told, it's, you know, it's like in your head or you're normal. <laughs> and so, so, so when I shared that with Miranda, sorry, Miranda, yeah. when I shared that, when, when we had this conversation, what Miranda was then able to do was very clearly um, explain perhaps what was going on there and, and what further tests might need to happen. Mm. So as we hit, it's so firstly, it's not all in your head. That's number one. And number two, the pandemic on top is just on top 
of what can be happening for us in our age group. You know, so from your mid 40s, right, your hormones naturally start to decline. And the hormone that starts, in, in fact, it happens even earlier than that. Our, our sex hormones start to decline in our 30s, right? So around 35. Um, the first hormone to drop is progesterone, right? And progesterone is associated with dopamine and GABA, which are two of our neurotransmitters. And dopamine is like our hormone of reward and satisfaction. And GABA is our calming hormone. So if you imagine, progesterone's up here, GABA's up here, dopamine's up here. But as we start to go into that perimenopausal or just basic hormone changes, progesterone drops and what goes with it is dopamine and GABA, right? And so yeah. our, our sense of calm and our sense of relaxation and enjoyment drops as our progesterone drops which is all naturally what's happening as we get older and then what happens with that is that we get this imbalance between progesterone and estrogen we've all heard about estrogen dominance yeah it's a it's a term that's bandied around all the time and estrogen is associated with serotonin so serotonin is our happy hormone and we we, we would very naturally think cool estrogen's high it, so then serotonin's high, so cool, we're going to be really, really happy. Mm. But it's an imbalance, right? If you've got too much estrogen and too much serotonin, serotonin then presents as anxiety if it's not balanced against the dopamine and GABA. This so is like, the bit that was like, oh, <laughs> God, it all yeah. just started falling into place when you said this. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we talk about the balance between estrogen and progesterone all the time, right? That's one of the big hormonal things we talk about. But deeper than that is the connection with the serotonin, the dopamine and the GABA. So suddenly as the progesterone drops, dopamine's dropped, GABA's dropped. So GABA is our calming neurotransmitter. So suddenly we're not calm. Dopamine is our hormone of satisfaction. So suddenly we're not satisfied. Mm. Yeah. Sexually, emotionally, physically, we're unhappy with everything. We're just, and we're stressed and anxious and, and irritable and frustrated. How did you know yeah. all of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I think, I think Andrew is going to really listen, love, enjoy listening to this podcast. Oh my God. You know, I'll just actually, maybe he'll just feel relieved. <laughs> But there's a reason. <laughs> but it's not about him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, and then we've got, we, we tend to think about estrogen as this beautiful hormone, which it is, and serotonin is our happy hormone. And that's what makes us Wonder Woman, right? Estrogen makes us be able to take on the world and run a business and be a mom and blah, 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 do all the things. But if there's too much estrogen and too much serotonin in balance with the progesterone and dopamine, then Wonder Woman suddenly turns into beach face. A, a saber-toothed tiger? A saber-toothed no, tiger. No, she turns into someone being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Yes, well, that's the other thing as well. All right, sorry, so, I've jumped ahead. Yeah. yeah, no, that's okay. So yeah. it, it's that funny thing where we get this, this too much estrogen and too much serotonin. Too much serotonin is not a good thing. 
right? Too much serotonin presents as anxiety if it's not balanced against the other neurotransmitters. And the really tricky thing is when you start playing with one neurotransmitter, all of the others get thrown out of balance. And so then as, you know, 40-something-year-old women, we don't know what's going on. We feel like, oh, well, our kids have, kids have all left home. Is it, you know, the empty nest syndrome? Or, um, you know, has something, is something wrong in your relationship or, or whatever it is? And so you rock up to the GP and at the same time you're probably cold, constipated, putting on weight, really tired, stressed, anxious. Um, you rock up to your GP and sort of say, you know, I just don't feel like myself. I don't know what's going on. And your bloods, as you said, come back all normal. Right? They do blood tests and they come back all normal. And what they're often looking for when you present to the clinic in that way is they're often looking for a problem with your thyroid and thyroid hormones. All right? Because at the same time that all of this is going on with estrogen and progesterone, the key place in our brain where estrogen and progesterone are being regulated also regulates the thyroid hormones, right? So it's the pituitary gland. The pituitary gland tells your, your ovaries to make estrogen and progesterone, which starts to wane as you sort of, you know, really get into your mid-40s. And that pituitary gland is also trying to tell your thyroid what to do. Right, But it's kind of going, oh, my job is so hard now. I've got so much more I have to be doing. It's trying to regulate thyroid hormones. And again, you present with tiredness, exhaustion, constipation. Everything's cold and dry and slow and unexplained weight gain. And you're moody. And, and that's because we have thyroid horm hormone receptors on just about every single cell of our body. So does that explain when we were speaking, um, we were both mm. about itchiness, the skin? Yeah. Does that explain that? I don't know what the itch uh, is. I seriously, like, I want to scratch my skin off. Yeah. Well, ever since you've said it, it's really brought attention to my scratching. And it's just, yeah. never, it just, oh, but, but no, the anxiety is sort of, it's, is experienced like this prickling, this tiny, like little, tiny little prickles all over my body. That's a little bit more your estrogen and progesterone imbalance. I see, right. That's going on there. So that happened to my mom. It happened to my sister. And it's like, oh, God. And it's this, It's for me, it started with this scratch at the back of my neck. And I just wanted to scratch my neck off. <laughs> and then it's traveled down my arms and down my back. It's like, ah. Oh, it's so fun mm. being a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is fun. But the, the thyroid <laughs> thing is really big as well, right? So because we, we still... As, we're, as our sex hormones are dropping, right? So the pituitary glands sitting there going, right, sex hormones are dropping. So the pituitary is trying to regulate those and balance those. And then when we're stressed, the pituitary glands trying to regulate your stress hormones, right? And that's where the pandemic comes in. The pandemic causes more stress, right? So cortisol goes up. Right. When, when cortisol goes up, that interferes with estrogen and progesterone when cortisol goes up our stress hormones go up then we don't metabolize effectively anymore and that's all because think about purely from that then this is what we were talking about the other day that evolutionary perspective you know our stressor used to be running from the saber-toothed tiger you know 300 years ago 400 years ago so when you're running you try not to metabolize everything all of your your fat stores 
Because if you're running from a saber-toothed tiger, you don't know when you're going to get your next meal. So metabolism and burning fat switches off because you don't want to burn all your fat so that if you're stuck in a cave trying to protect yourself from a saber-toothed tiger and can't get any food, you've got to have a reserve, like a fat reserve. But the thing is now we're not running from saber-toothed tigers. We're trying to protect ourselves from viruses. (laughs) And it's constant. It's every day. But that's a stressor on top of household, business, work, finance, you know, running a normal life. We've then got this pandemic on top. And that, yeah. and what you mentioned, so not only are we storing, is our metabolism slow, but when we're running from that tiger, we're also not needing to prioritise fertility because we're not thinking about making babies. Exactly. From a tiger. Exactly. So yeah. for, the, for the fertility age group, what happens when you're so, so stressed is that cortisol and that stress response switches off ovulation. Yeah. Right? Because the last thing you want to be doing is stopping to have a baby or a baby is just going to slow you down as you're trying to run from the saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> you don't want to do a poo either. No. Yeah? So you become constipated. You don't want to have to sleep either because that's like what do you, if you lie down and sleep, saber-toothed tiger is just going to eat you. Yeah. God, that just brings so much clarity. Yeah. So, so all yeah. of these menopausal symptoms can be menopause, but you've got you've often got this subclinical thyroidy thing going on at the same time. But the problem is that if your thyroid's not properly checked, when the bloods come back, it looks like the bloods are all normal. If you so, don't get your thyroid properly checked, yeah. But just for clarity, when we get the mm. results back, and excuse my ignorance here, but when the results come back, how can and 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 when a doctor says that the results are in range, what are they missing? They're missing so, some something to do with the 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 thyroid range, aren't they? Isn't that what yeah? I'm so what what happens is when you go and get your thyroid tested is they're testing TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone, right? And that's the hormone that comes from your brain. So it's actually not testing your thyroid, it's testing your brain. So TSH comes from the pituitary gland in your brain and TSH then comes to the thyroid to tell the thyroid what to do. Right. Right. So TSH from the brain, when they measure TSH, they're measuring your brain's communication with your thyroid right we then want to know well what's happening to the thyroid is the thyroid then producing t3 and t4 which are the actual two thyroid hormones but if tsh is in range they don't test the thyroid hormones because the tsh is seen to be the regulator of all of those thyroid hormones Right. Right. So the, the, the thought being, well, if TSH is in range, then T3 and T4 will be fine. But it's just not the case. Okay. And the range, the range for TSH is really, really big. It's a big range. And you can be at the lower end, lower normal or upper normal, and you're still told that your thyroid's fine. Well, it's actually not testing your thyroid. It's testing your brain. So what has to be tested is T3 and T4, but because of restrictions with um, 
you know, Medicare and, and I mean, the poor GPs, uh, uh, if, they, if they seem to be over-ordering tests for no reason, they get audited. Right. So it's kind of, you know, it's a bit rough from that perspective. But what we should be getting tested is T3 and T4 plus another hormone called reverse T3 plus thyroid antibodies. There's seven things that should be tested to rule out a thyroid issue. And so can that test be done through your GP? It can, but most of them don't do it. it we, uh, a lot of the functional, so a functional practitioner, an integrative GP, a naturopath will, will do it. Um, and it comes up often that there's a, a thyroid thing. And women literally sit there opposite my, me at my desk and just burst into tears because suddenly it's like, oh, my God, it's not all in my head. Mm, because you know, there so- is something it really is so problematic because it is just so confusing to be experiencing mm. all of these symptoms and certainly like the irritability and the low moods and the lack of libido, let alone the weight gain. But it makes mm. you question what else is going. You know, you start blaming other things in your life and questioning mm. your relationship, mm. questioning the direction of your business and questioning all these things when actually it could just be, you know, this imbalance. Your, your hormones and it's, yeah. it's it's what we call the HPO HPA HPT axis, right? It's the hypothalamic to pituitary to ovary axis, and then the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis and hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis. So your thought, what I'm saying to make that to kind of make that a bit more simple is your thyroid, your ovaries, and your um, adrenals are all modulated are all um controlled by the same master gland so he's like the conductor of the orchestra right Mm -hmm. the pituitary is like the conductor of the orchestra right telling the thyroid the ovaries and the adrenal glands what to do and if one of those things is out of balance it affects all of them okay right so you imagine imagine that the three things are just sitting here and they're all answerable to the pituitary gland and the pituitary gland suddenly goes, oh, my goodness, Amy is so stressed, right? Her adrenals are running over time. Cortisol is pumping through the roof. So the pituitary goes, I've got to support Amy. I've got to help her get through this stress because stress is fight or flight. Stress is survival running from the saber-toothed tiger. Mm. So of the three things, thyroid, adrenals, or ovaries, the most important thing for your pituitary gland to focus on is your adrenals. When those things are all in balance, the pituitary is like, cool, my job's easy. I don't have to worry about anything. But as soon as one of those things goes out of balance or there's more pressure or more expectation or more stress, then straight away the pituitary goes, I've got to look after the cortisol. I've got to look after the adrenal glands. Switch off thyroid, switch off ovaries so I can put all my energy into this one thing because I can't focus on all three things right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And so when your brain is going, I've got to get Amy away from this saber-toothed tiger, I've got to help her run, then thyroid, ovaries, just down-regulate. Okay. Because the poor old pituitary only has X amount of energy and only has X amount of, yeah, 
time to regulate across the board. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm going to be listening to this multiple times because, as I told you, in grade 12, I had to have a a (laughs) biology tutor outside of school. Some things just don't stick when I... um, It it, it is. It's so fascinating. It's a complicated pathway. Yeah. It's a really complicated pathway. I think think the core thing to kind of know is that your thyroid, your stress hormones and your sex hormones are all interfering with each other. They're all impacting each other. And they all impact each other because of the, they're all regulated by the same gland. Okay. Right? And when, and when that gland um, is, is trying to do its job, it's trying to make sure everything is balanced. But stress puts so much pressure on the pituitary glands, that cortisol, that it goes nuts. I've just, I can, I've only got enough energy now to focus over here mm. <clears throat> because the stress has gone up. So there's obviously no one size fits all approach to helping no. somebody through, um, you know, a, a, a blood test such as what you're describing. But what are some of the crucial things, women who, who might be listening now, who let's say mm. have had a result, from, from the doctor saying you're all you're fine, it's in your head. What would mm. what do you suggest they do next? <clears throat> so there's a couple of things. I've got to have the test, the, the right tests. Yeah. There's a couple of things, a couple of approaches that I would take. So the first thing is like I would sit with someone and just say, okay, you know your body best, right? You know that there's something that feels different, independent of what blood tests say. So we can actually just treat what's going on and there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of um educated guesses you can make some really good educated guesses and just go all right this is what i think's going on you know as soon as women are telling me their hair's falling out if they've got three of the myriad of thyroid hormone symptoms right only three that's enough for me to go okay i think we better just give your thyroid a bit of a tweak and those three are commonly Hair is dry or thinning or falling out, constant fatigue, constant fatigue, and unexplained weight gain or difficulty losing weight, right? Those three things are enough for me to go, you know what, let's just give your thyroid a bit of a tweak. Mm. But but really, if we want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, then um, I would be doing a proper extensive thyroid panel and seeing what's going on there if they're coming into menopause then we know or they're perimenopausal we know progesterone is low and we can kind of tell what's going on with your cycle what's happening there so we don't really need to do major hormonal tests like sex hormone tests it's more looking at i like to look at the thyroid picture because i think that's really commonly missed right um yeah so that's kind of and and then we sort of treat accordingly yeah. With can I can in what in what sort of way? What's I mean? Can acupuncture help? Yeah. So acupuncture okay. can help enormously. Um, lifestyle, dietary changes, but I use a lot of um, home, um, a lot of herbs and a lot of nutrients to support the pathways. So as that progesterone is coming down, there's two really big things we can do, um, which is a herb called Vitex and then vitamin B6 helps support we can't stop progesterone from naturally declining right it's it's part of, of but we're trying to make that process a lot more smooth um 
diet comes in really hugely, hugely. And looking um, at and support those hormones. Support that's right. Looking that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. But also foods that that aren't feeding into cortisol, right? So things like sugar drives cortisol higher. Please don't say coffee. You're gonna say it, aren't you, Tammy? Yeah, and and um, alcohol would be problematic. Fair, because a lot of women going through perimenopause will often say that they feel some of these symptoms are heightened with alcohol. Absolutely, and again, because alcohol makes your stress hormones worse, and then that all feeds back again to that that hormonal cascade. Yeah, you're like the fun place. <laughs> but there's a way through, isn't there? As what as is what you're saying, and, and it's, it's interesting that stress is. I don't know. I still feel we like. I think a lot of us rabbit on about about reducing stress, but seriously, I feel like it's so overlooked as well. It's just yeah, and you know what? Sometimes mm-hmm. there is still that therapeutic element to you know for for some people to have a, a glass of wine once a week. You know, but no, that that's not. That's not a um, game changer, right? So I'm not really, you know, no. a fun place. No, I know you're not. I'm, <laughs> not but it's I'm more... mostly concerned about my caffeine intake. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also more about, I think, women feeling heard, women mm. feeling like, oh, my God, it's not all in my head mm. because that's literally how many of my patients tell me that they feel until we actually sit down and have this conversation and, and I can, and I draw it for them. You know, I show them how this all works. And it's just, it's that immediate, somebody gets it, somebody's heard it, somebody's, it, it, yeah, I haven't been gaslighted. I haven't been, you know, pushed aside and on, it's all in your head, here's the prescription for mm-hmm. antidepressants. And that in itself is therapeutic to just have somebody you know, get it. Oh, yeah. It just reduces so much unnecessary worry about all the mm. what ifs and the, mm. and, the, and the doctor Googling and, you know, trying to you know, create stories in our heads about what could be going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then what to do about it. And then it's the doctor Googling about what to do about it. It's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, there's things that can help and there's things that that won't. I think I said to you, and I haven't read this book, um, but one of my patients talked about what was really helpful for them was a book called Rushing Women Syndrome. R- Rushing Woman Syndrome. Yeah. Have you read it? No, I haven't. No. And I, I don't. I, I've been referred it multiple times. Mm. I really need mm. to. I really need to listen to it. I hear it's great. Yeah. And it again, it's all about. I haven't read it either, but my understanding is it's all about this connection between um, hypothalamus, pituitary, thyroid, ovaries, and adrenals. Okay. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's more the reason that I explain it to patients and show them is so that they do have that moment of, ah, oh, oh my God, it makes so much sense. Mm. I hope you've got you some know? space in your diary soon because there's probably people <laughs> going, oh my God, yes, I need to see this lady. Yeah, um, and it's, it's, it's great. It's good. When, when, when can I they... ask just uh, out of interest, how if somebody is experiencing a number of these symptoms, these three that you've mentioned or and others, how long can it take for them to feel a sense of balance mm. restored? Is that just a little bit... It's a, it's a hard question. I think 
I think there is so there's immediate therapeutic value in knowing that it's understood, right? That that someone gets it. That's that's the number one thing. Then the knowing that okay, now that it's understood, the un, the, the knowing that something actually can can change. It doesn't have to be like this forever. Um, again, there's therapeutic value there. And then when we start treatment, right, we start sort of addressing some of the, the stuff. Um, you know, I'd be wanting to see something different in six weeks. Okay. Um, like I want to see some sort of change in six weeks. Now, having said that, depending on what's going on with the thyroid and hormonally, it can be longer. Right. So it can be three, it can be up to six months. Um, if it's sort of extending beyond six months, then I would be feeling like we're missing something. There's yeah, something right. else at play. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really be wanting substantial change anywhere between six to six weeks to, to three months okay. where they feel different. And it could be their sleep is better, their mood is better, their period is better. Um, or We've actually got to the bottom of what's going on with the thyroid. We know what's happening there because the thyroid test results can take four weeks before we get the results back. Mm. So it's kind of like in that time, you know, not much is is clearly happening until I know exactly what we need to be doing. Um, But once we've got those results, then we can really get the ball rolling. And that's better than just stabbing in the dark and going, oh, well, I kind of think this is happening, but I'm not really sure. It's mm. it's better to test. Yeah, much so, better so, to test. So if you're experiencing, if a listener is experiencing some of these symptoms, their best bet probably is to go to an integrative medicine doctor or a naturopath or you know somebody in functional medicine rather than their GP to save a little bit of time and to get the results. Yeah. The test. Yeah, GPs are amazing. Yeah, GPs yeah. are amazing because they do a whole lot of other testing that that you know that otherwise um, we can't get done. But it's if you want that ex, that deeper look into your hormones, um, it's the same. You know, GPs, your general practitioner, they're not uh, generally an expert in hormones or fertility or menopause. You know, they and and as I said before, they do they are um, answerable to to Medicare. They yeah, can't just run gamuts of tests without them being paid for. Mm. Somebody has to pay for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. For, um, I am often given GABA and it's so interesting when you do take something and feel an instant shift. Instant. GABA, particular time like this, um, I if I'm keep, take, keeping it up quite regularly, it's amazing how much better I feel with yes. GABA, which is demonstrative yeah. obviously what's happening with GABA in my body, I suppose. Absolutely. And what's happening with progesterone? Because remember, it's that progesterone GABA connection. Yeah. Progesterone's dropping, GABA's dropping. Mm. You know, and that's that's the very, very first hormone that starts to drop as we go into perimenopause. Yeah. Progesterone drops before estrogen. Yeah. <gasps> and that's where there's the whole imbalance that yeah. goes on. Miranda, thank you so much. You're so welcome. So <laughs> illuminating. And it's just as you've said, I think I think just hearing the words that make sense mm. to, to many of us lay people, <laughs> finally for, for it to make sense, I think diagrams must be very useful for your clients. Um, now, for those listening, how can they find you? And- so they can find me at, uh, at Dr. Miranda Miles um, on Instagram and Facebook, um, and it's Miles with a Y, M-Y-L-E-S. 
or at the Fertile Project um, or at my website, which is www.mirandamiles.com.au. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. So Have a gorgeous day. You too. <laughs> Bye, sweetheart. Bye. Bye. This was episode 31 of Woman, Conversations for the Curious. You can find all the show notes for today's episode over at theholisticingredient.com forward slash 31. Until next time, stay curious.